Hello everyone, welcome back yet again. Um, today I am going to be doing a wrap-up episode and I actually have some pretty significant news for you, which is that Miss Kibby McMahon uh, is dead and she was reborn as Dr. Kibby McMahon. Welcome, Dr. McMahon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just finished my internship uh, a few weeks ago, and that officially makes, and, you know, with my dissertation done, it makes me doctor. Um, yeah, so finally got that PhD after a seven-year seven year <laughs> journey. <laughs> um, but I'm excited because I'm going to start back with you at Duke um, for my postdoc, so... Um, we'll be in the same lab again. I will be Jacqueline's boss, which I'm really <laughs> excited about. I'm definitely going to let that get you to my head be. and affect our friendship in a very permanent way. Get ready for that. So power dynamics. So fun. <laughs> She's going to hate being my boss. Oh, God, I'm the Can't worst wait. employee. So yeah. you all can listen to how the tensions rise in the next season. <laughs> just when I get more and more frustrated with her, the, you know, like curt, curt questions and, mm-hmm. you know, verbal eye rolls. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. So we are doing a wrap up episode because we're wrapping up season one. We're going to be right back in um, about four weeks with season two with our newly minted psychology expert clinical psychologist, Dr. Kibby McMahon, um, at the helm. <laughs> but we just kind of wanted to talk about some major themes from the first season um, and some feedback from you all, and then just kind of talk about how we're going to do season two. In terms of my updates, I know you all last saw me in a pretty emotional episode about my fertility. I'll just update you there. Um, things have improved a little bit. My right ovary is trying its very best. It's popped out two new big follicles, and then there's like a couple little ones that are peeking their noses out. They might be too small to collect from, but it's kind of reassuring to know that, uh, you know, it can produce those follicles. So I'm still kind of figuring out whether I need to get immediately pregnant or whether I can plan a wedding first and get married next summer and then go from there. But that's my that's my update. Um, I'm feeling better. The egg freezing has not been showing too many side effects, weirdly. I'm not feeling too bloated, and I'm not going crazy. Just kind of tired all the time. So, um, that's me. And, Kibby, would you want to talk about some major themes, I think, that have emerged from the past year of episodes? I just have been so pleasantly surprised. I mean, just for people listening, we started this... It was just like a fun project between you and me, just, you know, Mm -hmm. as an offshoot of my dissertation project. Um, And just mostly thought of this as a way to get out some of the research and skills and knowledge that we have to anyone who's interested, who's like outside of academia or doesn't really know much about mental health or has someone in their lives that are struggling, but just really feeling that that intense helplessness and not Mm -hmm. knowing what to do to help. Um, And... You know, we were aiming for just maybe a hundred listeners <laughs> per week. I mean, that was the average that we we're told, and we've gotten up to like a couple thousand, oh. um, and uh, just just blown away by the response, blown away by um, 
just the positive feedback that we've been getting and the excitement with the guests to come on and talk about what they know and share their knowledge. And I mean, I think that's just the major theme that I'm thinking about today, just like how great this uh, little project has become. So I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, we've we've received a lot of positive feedback, but we've also received um, feedback that it's actually changed people's lives in a sense. I mean, Zach Clark's episode, you know, we heard from him that people people were messaging him from rehab that they had checked into after listening to that episode. Mm-hmm. So we know that people have gotten into treatment. Um, I've been messaged by several people who have decided it's time to seek therapy for their depression and um, anxiety. And I, I know after the, our, the breakup episodes, we heard from people who decided, yeah, this isn't my person. I'm not going to just stay in this because of guilt. I'm going to, I'm going to end this relationship. And so it's been really meaningful to see that people have changed their lives and gotten into treatment, which is more than we could ever hope for. Like more than any listener goal is just people getting into treatment and bettering their lives. I think that 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 highlights a theme of how important it is for knowledge to be spread. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that, there's actually so much good that can be done from people sharing their stories, um, really understanding what disorders are, that, that knowing that there are treatments out there, just the simple things that you and I, you know, are seeped in because we're in this program. But I mean, even just, even just like spreading that knowledge and destigmatizing it can do a lot. And, mm. um, yeah, I mean, just the, just the, the, just the power of insight and, um, better understanding. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And I think along with that is just a, the, I mean, we've talked about it over and over again, but how important validation is. I mean, just hearing somebody talk about the experience maybe you've been too shy to talk about, you thought was just something that you were going through, um, and hearing it validated by, I mean, not just Kibby and me, but our guests or the people who have shared their stories through Instagram, you know, that that sense of, okay, I'm not alone and somebody gets me is hugely important. And then it's a, a major theme of what we've talked about in terms of how to help our friends who are struggling. It's just before going in with problem solving, um, you know, before going in with like a thousand questions, just validate, say, you know, what you're going through, like, gosh, it makes sense in its context. And I'm so sorry. And is there anything I can do? And, um, and in and, and using questions to get a better understanding of what's going on instead of to try to bring them over to your perspective or mm-hmm. um, or something like that. So, yeah. 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 That, yeah, I mean, regardless of the disorder that we covered, one of, one of those major themes is that family and friends and other loved ones um, can best support through validating someone's experience and emotions, just as you said. Especially because it must be so confusing. It is so confusing from our experiences to be really, really close to someone struggling with something, substance abuse, depression, you know, what have you. And to know so much about that person and know and see with your own eyes, the struggle, Mm -hmm. um, you might, as a loved one, you might be pulled to, you know, a think it's your responsibility to, fix them right Mm -hmm. and to give them advice about how you think would be best to fix them which especially that 
both of those parts can actually be really problematic because you, as much as we can see and experience alongside that person, we don't know what it's like for that person, right? Mm -hmm. Like someone with depression, they struggle with just like getting out of bed and, you know, interacting with people and doing normal stuff. And for you in a different mood, you can think, well, it's, you know, they should do this. They should do that. They should exercise. They should, you know, whatever. But for that person who's struggling with it, it's a totally different experience. They feel like every step is so challenging. So even though you're super close to them and can see and know them so well, you don't, you're not in their experience. So trying to understand that person's experience of their disorder is hugely helpful. I I also think that the problem with problem solving, and and there's a role for it. We're not saying never give advice and never try to problem solve. But to maybe make sure that's what the person actually wants from you first. Yeah. Or to make sure that you that you spend a lot of time listening and validating first before you move into that. Um, but I, I think another issue with problem solving is that it can lead to burnout very quickly. Um, and if, you know, if you're dealing with somebody who is depressed or who maybe is in like a relationship with somebody really toxic and you move into that problem solving and you're just trying and trying and trying to like fix, fix, fix you're going to get burned out so quickly because it's not going to work. And you're going to spend so many resources, you know, inserting yourself into that person's life, relationship, what have you, and not seeing them budge. And that is just a recipe for frustration. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for, for when there's such a divide between the way you experience them there. I think that relationship one is a really good example. You could think, wow, so easy. Just, make yourself happy by leaving the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So obvious to you, and maybe it's something that you would do, but for that person, there's a a whole set of experiences and attachments, associations that it's hard to, you know, it's, it's not an easy solution. And so when one person just, when it's, when it's about butting heads and trying to fit, um, your solutions into their lives, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it could, yeah, you're right. There could be a lot of frustration, a lot of letdown, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I do think that problem solving has a role in helping, you know, when, when someone's in a really tough state, when they're very depressed, when there's a lot of emotion, your mind narrows, right? To like only think about the worst case scenario, or they can only think of the bad things about a situation. So sometimes when done right, um, along with a lot of validation, problem solving and giving advice can maybe open up that person to remember that there are other options, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my future is just miserable. I'm going to be stuck with this person forever. Some problem solving can be like, well, wait, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, maybe you might be happy single. You might be doing, or, you know, offering other solutions might at least just help that person expand their mind to the other opportunities and options a little bit. Um, but that's more the process. That's not like, well, there's a right way or wrong way Mm -hmm. to do things. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I'm just trying to think of like why, because it is, it is confusing to, to hear like problem solve sometimes, but don't problem solve other times. And I, sometimes when I'm with my friends, I I am looking for problem solving and that's like a, you know, that's pretty explicit, but I think Paul falls into this a lot where he immediately goes to problem solving and I'm like, wait, you're not even, you're not even catching up to where I am. Like, you're you don't understand where I am because you're immediately going through for solutions and men do this all the time Paul's not like a major offender or anything but 
<laughs> just just making sure that that person feels like you get it or you you're close to getting it or you're interested in getting it as mm-hmm. much as possible before yeah. trying to offer up solutions Right. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, full, it's like fully under trying to fully understand a problem before offering solutions, right? Like, I'm not going to go up to someone working on a crossword puzzle and just list out a bunch of words that work for my crossword puzzle, right? You're going to have to understand what the person's working with and sit next to them looking at a situation together. I think that's mm-hmm. what really validation does. Yeah, I mean, for instance, if I come up to you or Paul or someone and I'm like, I hate research, I'm so burnt out, I'm so frustrated he's going to immediately go to like, but research is amazing for the, for X, Y, and Z reasons. And like, well, what if you just learned this skill or what if you did this? But the problem that I want solved might actually just be, I want to, I want to experience less stress in this moment. It -hmm. might be, I want a hug or I want to relax or I just want to vent. And that's actually like allowing me to do those things is a solution. So I think Mm -hmm. if you go in with validation and and curiosity about like I want to try to get this because I want to find the right solution instead of immediately jumping in with oh well these are the solutions that are popping in my mind right now this is what's worked for me in the past it's like no your your goal should be to really get specific and try to actually get what the problem is before trying to solve it because it might not be the surface kind of thing that they're talking about and there's just also a lot to be said about sharing that experience with your loved one Mm -hmm. um in the sense that like all these disorders that that someone struggles with is naturally very lonely, mm-hmm. right? You end up very lonely and feeling really isolated and it, as if you're the only person who is walking around with this inside and um, you feel this sense of disconnect from the people around you. So even just someone trying to understand and be with your experience, even just to listen and mm-hmm. validate or give them space to talk about things that they aren't talking about, like that that just feeling less lonely in, in your struggles is so helpful. And it's just, it's really undervalued and kind of overlooked that this is the experience of sharing their experience with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And also for a tip, if people want to know, okay, do I problem solve now or do I validate and um, work the emotions? We always say that when, if someone is in a really high emotional state, like if they're very, very sad, extremely angry, extremely afraid, problem solving is going to fall flat a little bit. So when someone's Mm -hmm. in a really high emotion, go into validation, talk about their emotions, talk about the way they're feeling, try to understand it um, until they start to feel a little bit better and the emotions get less intense. And then people are a little bit more open to problem solving, things like that. So if you're not, if the problem solving is falling flat, switch to just validation, drop the advice giving. um, And then when they're a little more open to like, what do I do now? What, what are different options? Then you can kind of give some advice. So that's just kind of like a, yeah. And you can see why that, you can see why that's the case because solving your problems actually takes a lot of energy and and stress in some cases, Mm -hmm. you know I mean? It's difficult to do. That's why it hasn't been done before. So if you've got someone who's so emotional, they're not going to have the capacity to think about salt, like then solving their problems. They got to bring themselves down first. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think another major theme of this past year um, or past few months is boundary setting because at a certain Mm -hmm. point, whether it's because you're burning out or what, and, and that can be from trying to problem solve too much, or it can be from validation. It's hard to sit there and validate forever and, and you know, get it kind of admired in these conversations. Um, and, and sometimes 
you know, sometimes what the other person is doing is really taking a toll on you. It could be inappropriate. It could be asking way too much. Um, it can feel manipulative. And so really knowing how to set those boundaries and saying no, taking time for yourself, um, telling yourself, I am not the person to solve this right now. I, I'm, I'm not the person for this scenario mm -hmm. is also hugely important. Yeah. And the, the tendency for some people to um, start to identify with being in that helper role, right? I think that was something that came out of our codependency mm -hmm. um, episode where, you know, you could be so wrapped up in trying to help your loved one with their, with their issues that that becomes a big part of your identity. So uh, a big theme running through all the other episodes is like, you know, know when to step in and when to help and know when you need to take care of yourself. Because if you are funneling all your energy, time and effort into trying to fix someone else, you're going to, it's, it's basically like not putting on your oxygen mask on yourself first, right? You're going to be depleted and you're not going to be that helpful. Yeah. And, and I, I think one of the biggest tricks with setting boundaries is not giving into the guilt um, really being able to say, no, I really am not the best person for this right now. I'm not going to be helpful. Um, or maybe I will be in the short term, but like in the long term, I'm not going to be helpful because I'm going to burn out. I'm going to get resentful and frustrated, and then I'm not going to be able to help this person. And so being able to say to yourself, it is okay to set a boundary here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be made to feel guilty. I'm not going to make myself feel guilty. Um, I'm going to feel okay about this because I, I know it's I know I have the right to do this. And maybe ultimately it's better for the person who's suffering because if you are exactly. less burnt out, you're going to have more um, attention and energy when you're there, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to be like a better caretaker, a better support system if you set those boundaries. I mean, th th this is kind of part of our therapy training, right? Like they emphasize self-care. They emphasize making sure that we don't overextend ourselves because just we wouldn't be good at our jobs if we are just, you know, just lose ourselves in it. So boundaries are really important. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what therapy is, it's incredibly boundaried. I mean, we see them for one hour or two hours a week, sometimes less, you know, sometimes a little bit more, but you know, you're not on the phone all night with your patients. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, it's a very specific relationship that's very boundaried. And I mean, Obviously, friendship is different, but if you think about the extreme end of the helping profession within mental health, it's it's therapy, and that that is why those boundaries exist. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to help people long term. Yeah. Um, and I I would always advise going back and listening to the Dear Man episode because that is an episode that is devoted to setting boundaries. Did we call that the bound? We may have called that episode setting boundaries, not Dear mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, setting boundaries. Yeah. I think another theme that has been running through all our episodes and especially the response from our listeners is fi the finding meaning mm -hmm. in suffering, right? And it's really taking the, the principle of, uh, from the Improved Skills, our number one episode, um, the first episode that we released. Um, but when we go through something hard, um, a way to grow and to develop new skills and resilience from that is to find meaning, to mm -hmm. find some purpose in the struggle. And that's really hard to say when you're really in the thick of it. Um, yeah. So, you know, when you're really, when you or your loved one are really suffering, it, that's hard to do. But sometimes 
going through it and talking to friends, talking to loved ones, you can reflect on like, how does this terrible experience help me grow? Like, what did I learn from it? What did, um, what did it highlight about what I care about? Right. Right. So, yeah, I think that's an important distinction because I, I think a lot of people, when they hear finding meaning, they think, okay, what's the silver lining? And it doesn't have to be a silver lining. It can be, you know, it, it can still feel totally negative, but switching from what was good about this situation to what was important about it, what, you know, how did this help you grow? What did you learn? In the worst circumstances, we're always going to learn. Um, and so that is always available to us, whether it's it's painful or, or, or positive. Um, yeah. But it, you know, that that is sort of a focus on resiliency and um, coming out the other end or the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to speak to both of our experiences, I mean, we both have family members who struggled with substance abuse, as we talked about, mm-hmm. um, and turning that into meaning i mean even just this podcast right like that that whole experience of growing up with a mother with um, alcoholism i learned how important it is to really think about the family and friends affected by this disorder like you know my mom was struggling but Mm -hmm. it affected everyone around her including me and um and that's often ignored in mental health, you know, in the, the mainstream mental health. We talk about this individual struggle. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. But that's been a, a huge response from our followers and um, and people listening that's like, oh, yeah, there, it, this does resonate. There are people who have loved ones struggling with this, with this stuff, and it's hard yeah. for them. And, they, and their experiences are often ignored. So even just calling attention to this relational piece of mental health has been a huge like meaning that we found in our in our personal struggles yeah absolutely um yeah a a lot it's it's been really cool to hear from people who yeah they might not be depressed but instead they're scared Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're frustrated and they don't know what to do and if you know if there's nobody speaking to that experience because we just think of mental health as this like individual problem um then you're going to get a lot of people left out of care and not knowing what to do. And that's not good for anybody. Uh, and finally, I'd say big theme has been finding the correct treatment. A lot of times, you know, there are specific treatments that you might want to look into. Um, you know, there's evidence that, for instance, behavioral activation works really well for depression. Um, and you might want to find a therapist who is trained in that yeah, I, we know how hard it is, especially for a loved one to find a good therapist, um, right? It's 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 hard out there. Sometimes there's some areas that um, of the of the country that you know doesn't have a lot of therapists. Or mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of this is getting easier with a telehealth and digital mental health. So I think there there is better access, but it is hard to find a therapist. Um, but it is probably worth taking the extra effort to look for someone who has um, special training in what you're struggling with, right? Like if someone's struggling with, you know, postpartum depression, there's a lot of therapists who would be good, good with that, but there, there might be some therapists who are trained in uh, therapies that have some research behind it that actually that, you know, that, 
it's been tested as something that's effective for that particular disorder, mm -hmm. right? Behavioral activation, dialectical behavior therapy. We said this over and over again. Um, that is a great evidence-based treatment for personality disorders and especially uh, suicidality, right? So um, it's worth, you know, doing your research and looking for a therapist who has that kind of expertise or background in what you're going through. Yeah, and you can you can ask them if if you don't understand the website because why why would you? Um, but you can ask them like, do you, do you are you trained in you know treatments that are specific to depression or anxiety or whatever you're going through? And you can get that name, and then you can Google it, and you can make sure that it's evidence based. Mm -hmm. um, and then I I think the other thing is like making sure you have a good personality fit. Um, you know, taking your time, not giving up after meeting with one therapist, mm -hmm. you know, one or two times and saying, oh yeah, I don't really click. I don't trust this person. You can totally shop around and meet with a few people or several people, you know, three times until you find the person that clicks with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that pretty much covers the major themes. And then, you know, of course in our in our episodes, we talk about how these themes relate to the, you know, the given disorder or scenario and, and sort of what's specific to, to that. But we've definitely seen major, major themes emerging throughout the episode. Sometimes Kimberly and I are like, all right, here's validation again. Mm -hmm, but it, mm -hmm. that just shows how important it is. And, and I actually think that's, it's better that way, right? Because it, it's like, no, we've got a set of tools that we can use no matter what the subject. Um, and so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm glad to see those themes emerging. And we just want to talk briefly about next season. Um, we are, we, we love it so much when you all email us, DM us with maybe, you know, scenarios that you want us to talk about on the podcast or disorders you want us to cover. I can tell you, we've had a lot of requests for bipolar disorder. That's probably the number one. The reason we haven't done that is we're just looking for a good guest. Um, it's not either of our expertise, and, and that'll happen a lot with some of these major disorders we haven't covered. We want to make sure that we're bringing you the best knowledge we can. And so, um, you know, that goes for bipolar disorder, OCD. I think OCD is something that can be talked about in a lot of different ways. So we could do multiple episodes on that um, because it has so many different presentations. Yeah, and it, I'm one of the one of the, our favorite parts about doing this podcast is how much interaction we have with our listeners so for people listening now i mean please reach out to us with questions stories suggestions um we we want to have this as a conversation with with all of you i mean uh you could contact us again through uh, our website littlehelpforourfriends.com and just go to the contact section and it will just shoot us an email through that um the online form, but also going to, uh, to at Trumbolina's <laughs> at Trumbolina, uh, on Instagram and, um, talking to Jacqueline directly. Uh, we love it. We love hearing from you. We love having, you know, having a dialogue and hearing what's, what's interesting to you, what has been helpful. And we really want that to be a big part of, uh, season two to continue, um, that dialogue. So please let us know what you want to want to hear. Um, okay, so that is pretty much a wrap on season one. We'll be back in just a few weeks, um, probably about a month. But one thing, if you have enjoyed this podcast and you would like to help us out, um, help us gain more traction, is to please leave ratings, reviews, and comments. 
it's just enormously helpful for us, helps us grow. Um, and so we would really, really appreciate it. And to, of course, not forget about us before season two and to tune in in about a month. We are so excited to resume um, and bring you lots of new episodes. All right. Thank you all for listening. By accessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the hosts of this podcast make no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast and any and all content or services available on or through this podcast are provided for general, non-commercial informational purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medical or any other professional judgment, advice, diagnosis, or treatment and should not be considered or used as a substitute for the independent professional judgment, advice, diagnosis, or treatment of a duly licensed and qualified healthcare provider. In case of a medical emergency, you should immediately call 911. The hosts do not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.